Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. Uh, I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Uh, and wow, we've made it to episode five of this season. We're halfway through the season. Feels like last week we were just beginning the season. It feels that way. It feels that way. <laughs> I, I wonder why. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, a, little, uh, a little behind the scenes. We don't necessarily film these all in order. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're we're episode five, halfway through the season. Episode ninety five overall. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week we are talking about. Well, this week is a Temple's Treasures, uh, and for those who hey! don't know, Temple's Treasures, uh, we pick a color and we pick a card type, uh, and then we talk about cards that we think get not enough play uh or are super niche i mean we've got like two restrictions it's under 2000 decks on eda trek yes uh and it's before eighth edition so older cards uh which is probably why they don't see much play because there are newer and probably better versions exactly now there they can have reprints yes so if something gets printed recently that could still be listed however if it gets printed recently, it's because it's probably because it's at least decent. Yeah. Like an overall decency, which means that the numbers on EDH rec go way up. Yeah. So it's not often when you see one of our cards get a reprint that's been, that's, that's recent. Just yeah. because it means the EDH rec numbers go through the roof. I'll, I'll posit this. If it's got a recent reprint and it's still under 2,000 decks on EDH rec... Uh, we're probably going to have to stretch on making it making it good. <laughs> so now, Andy, Andy, I know that in the last few seasons, mm-hmm. I know we covered uh, we covered white sorceries, we covered black sorceries, we covered red sorceries and green sorceries. Yep. Which leads me to believe that we're on to the next type. Yeah, that we're talking about enchantments <laughs> this week. No, or, enchantments was the first five seasons. Yeah, yeah, that's why we're going to guilds. Ah, okay. Yeah, we got us covered for years. Uh, Yeah, so if you couldn't guess, we are doing blue sorceries this week. Uh, We each brought a handful of cards Mm -hmm. to the table, um, our our respective desks. And uh, I I think that's that's enough ado. I would like to say uh, thank you to all our new listeners who have, this is their first Temple's Treasures. Welcome. If you're going to go back into the back into our Wayback Machine and listen to other podcasts, especially if you're new to magic, I really recommend The Temple's Treasures. Mm. Uh, even more so than, than some... I mean, you should listen to all of it. But The Temple's Treasures one, you're going to get some ideas for cards that you are unlikely to ever see unless you're actually you know looking for them. These are not cards that, that are going to show up in other people's decks. Um, they're... Just because they're they're just infrequently seen because we haven't they haven't come out and they haven't uh, had a chance to play people haven't had a chance to play with these cards in or haven't played with these cards in such a long time that uh, quite often they can be a little bit of a surprise and it's always nice to have a little a little something different in your deck as a pair as opposed to what everybody else is running so yeah take a look yeah um, so I guess I'll I'll start um, sure. I know that you have a few more than I do. Uh, we after after eight seasons, our ninth season, we eventually ran into overlap. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we had overlap here. With our red sorceries, we had overlap. Blue, I, uh, 
Right. And I will say that most of the blue, like a, a lot of the cards that I looked at and thought, ooh, then I punched it up on ADH rec and discovered, oh, everybody already knows about this. And that's really not what we're trying to do here. We're trying mm. to, to in, introduce you to some cards you haven't heard of. So uh, we wanted to go down that route. Having said that, yeah, I do feel like, I feel like blue had a lot of the same issues that, that red did. Mm. Um, blue is all about draw a card and bounce. And in the early days, that's what blue did over and oh, over yeah. and over again. There's also a chance exactly. we don't have any overlap, and I could probably cut this whole part. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> my first card is Drain Power. I love this card. Uh, it's blue-blue, sorcery, of course. Target player activates a mana ability of each land they control. Then that player loses all unspent mana, and you add the mana lost this way. Uh, basically what it's saying is just start using your opponent's lands. Um, because even if they tap it in response to this to put the mana in their mana pool, the mana pool gets to be to, to gets to join yours. And uh, it's it's interesting. It's interesting that this doesn't see more play um, because the only way around it is to cast spells and to use abilities, which sure. Right. But then you're also just then forcing your opponent to do that. Uh, this is a great way to A, bait out a counter, or B, get around a counter, because they will have no more land up to cast said um, mana, except for artifacts. Um, this this doesn't get around treasures, and this doesn't get around, like, mana rocks, but or mana dorks, for that matter. But I think it's, it's fun to think about. Um... I think you generally see more people trying to be most efficient with their mana. So, mm. like, there aren't going to be a lot of times that this <clears throat> gathers, like, a huge amount of mana. But I also know that, like, toward the end game, some people can start to go a little hellbent, run out of cards. And if they're out of cards, it's easier to take that mana from them. So this could be very well, like, a, like a game-winning spell. Um, yeah, and, and I agree with you. I think um, you're more using this to stop them from having mana. Hmm. Uh, there are going to be times when you're not going to get you know an extra ten mana, but you are like you said, you're stopping them from being able to cast spells, um, and that's that's big. Yeah, uh, that's, that's especially if it's you, the person... you are setting up. You are setting up for your monster turn, especially if it's to the person to your right. Um... Yeah. So, like, the person right before you, and then all your opponents also have a chance to do something without as much, uh, you know, pizzazz. Uh. Right. Now, I will say, this card, and the card that I'm going to discuss after this card, uh, are both see, uh, I think they're both weakened a little bit. Mm -hmm. with the, with the volume of treasures that show up in, in the current format i think it yeah. um is less niche than some of the cards that we're going to talk about today but i think that uh for two blue it it uh it does some great things um so how many decks 977 many decks 977 Perfect. on edh rec um and yeah probably Very more nice. than the card you're about to talk about 
just a little bit more. Um, and mostly because I think drain power is, is, is definitely better than the card I'm about to mm-hmm. talk about. So I'm going to talk about piracy. Ah. Piracy is also a sorcery. It also costs blue-blue. And it says, until the end of the turn, you may tap lands you don't control for mana. Spend this mana only to cast spells. Yeah, I can tap an opponent's mana. Yeah. Okay. So in response, the opponent just taps the mana. Right. Taps the land before you can. The difference with piracy as opposed to drain power is, with piracy, you're never getting any mana. Right. Your opponents will either counter it or tap out. The difference, though, is that piracy doesn't specify one one player. Mm. Drain power specifies one player, but you're getting their mana. You are actually getting the mana. Piracy, you're never going to. Piracy is just saying, everybody just stop. I'm doing my thing. You're just going to let me do it, and then we're going to move on. That's all piracy does. Now, in the old days, when there was mana burn, you might get a lot more mana out of this one because people would be a little more hesitant to actually tap out, especially if they didn't have a place to put the mana. Yes, then they would take damage for all of the mana they tapped. But uh, with mana burn gone, piracy and drain power are both far less powerful than they used to be. But, well, actually, that's not fair. Drain power isn't. But piracy definitely is. Um, But, like I said, if you're looking to open up the board Mm. to get... To have that turn where you get to do whatever you want, piracy is great. And in light of what and in light of what you were saying, that player to your right, everybody else is untapping before that player does. Mm. So you, the next person, and the next person, everybody gets free reign over that person because they've tapped out. They've got no way to stop anything, barring the obvious, you know. Right. No mana required spells. I'm not going to go through all that. <laughs> realistically, you're getting a free shot. So you do it and you take your free shot. So uh, piracy is in 289 decks. So which makes perfect sense. Drain power should definitely be in more decks because you are getting mana from it. It's it's exciting. Um, right. my, my next card. Uh, yes. It's called Juxtapose. Uh, oh, we have overlap. Aha. Juxtapose, I read probably like three or four times, and I was like, oh my god, this is kind of cool. Three and a blue. You and target player exchange control of the creature you each control with the highest mana value. Then exchange control of artifacts the same way. If two or more permanents a player controls are tied for highest, their controller chooses one of them. So you can use this in a, uh, a board state where you don't have anything. And you just get a thing, right? Uh, oh, nope, never mind. <laughs> no, you have to have something. Yeah, you have to have something. The, but the key, the key, of course, is that you're you are probably you know you're only casting this when you've got like a token. A token. A you got one, a, a one one, one, one token and a treasure token. <laughs> right. You've you've got crap on board, and you're making the swap. Um, the other reason, I think the main reason why Juxtapose doesn't see as much play is because it requires you to do a creature and an artifact. Mm. So, you know, it, it would be one thing if it was just swapping a cre- my, my most expensive creature for your most expensive creature. Because you can 
wait until the board state hits that point and just be like, yeah, we're swapping. And that's easy to set up. It's a little harder to set up for creatures and artifacts because so many times it's it's like, oh, I have oh I have to give up my you know whatever uh, yeah you know bolus is I have to give up an amazing <laughs> I have to give up an amazing artifact to get your amazing creature and it's like well that's not really a you know it's a trade but do I really want to do that um, so it's it requires a little more setup. But mm. having said that, Juxtapose is great. I love this card. I mean, you know, it's. I think it's worth the setup. Yeah. Um, something in the rules and notes information uh, in Scryfall uh, that, that piques my interest says, uh, first creatures are exchanged, then artifacts are exchanged. It's possible that the same artifact creature may be involved in both exchanges. So... It's not like something's chosen before both the exchanges are happening. It one happens and then it calculates again and then it happens again. So like say Solemn Simulacrum <laughs> could be the highest mana value creature and then also that person the set like it comes to me and then it could be my highest mana value uh artifact and goes back. Right. So there is a bit of nuance that could be a little bit pedantic and uh frustrating to figure out just even holding the card um but i i think it could really like i i feel like the 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 cost of that is greatly i don't know uh outweighed by the like potential of this card and i'm just surprised that yeah. uh it is currently in 270 decks out of the 945,000 it could be in. Um, right. It's it's just odd that it's not in more. I think part of that may be, ha may be because it's four mana or because it's a sorcery. But, uh, I mean, you know, you could be getting, say, an Eldrazi Titan or, uh, you know, like something huge out of the deal. Uh, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um the other note that I that I I like to point out if if one of the players doesn't control a creature at the time of the exchange that would at the time the exchange would be made that part of the effect does nothing. Hmm. So if an opponent has a massive creature there's nothing saying you have to wait until you finally get an artifact on the field hmm. so that you guys can both make your your exchange. In fact, it's probably better if you don't. <laughs> um you know, so then you just swap whatever, whatever you can. So and that's uh, you know that's one way yeah. to limit the the risk on on how it goes now. Especially I mean, now with after like I mean, twenty twenty two we saw both Kamigawa Neon Dynasty and Brothers War both with these huge uh, artifacts, especially in blue. Uh, right, and so like it could be a little bit. Uh, more, I don't know. Like I, I think that that probably would deter you from playing this card in blue, uh, because it, it, there could be more often times where you're trading down than trading up. So right, yeah. So no, I juxtapose. I think is a, I think it's a great card. So mm. uh, my next card. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Ransack. Okay. Ransack is three and a blue. It says, look at the top five cards of target player's library. Put any number of them on the bottom of that library in any order and the rest on top of the library in any order. First off, it says target player. So you don't have to use this on your opponent. You can use it on yourself if you want. And you don't have to use it on yourself. You can use it on your opponent. Anybody who's played, boy, Jace the Mind Sculptor, I think. Mm, brainstorm. Well, I was thinking of, you You can look at the opponent's top card. Oh. And then you can either put it back on top or put it on the bottom of their library. Mm. And there was no worse feeling when your opponent activates that ability, looks at the card and goes, uh-huh, and puts it back down on top. In other words... That's no threat at all. Uh, so, uh, with Ransack, I'm not looking at the top card. I'm looking at the top five. So I get to look at the five cards and then look at your look at your board state and say, yeah, you know what? I think he's just going to have to figure out how to make it work with three lands. And I'm going to take all the lands out and leave you with the other stuff. Or you can invert it. I'm going to leave you with only lands and put all the good stuff on the bottom and you have to draw your way through this mess. And on the other end, it also means you can do it for yourself. Oh yeah. So you dig can now set deep. up, right. Dig five deep. I mean, you get rid of the crap. If you're looking for something in particular, you're going five deep and then you can put four on the bottom and that on top. You can determine the order that you put the cards back on top. If you're lucky enough to be in a situation where you look at the cards and decide, no, I want to see all these cards, you still get to put them in the order that you want. Yeah. So you, you are optimizing as you draw. It's just a wonderful thing. Um, I will say, one thing to keep in mind with Ransack is don't use it on an opponent who has a shuffle ability available because mm. then they'll just shuffle. <laughs> and not take whatever you've left them. Um, and the other one, uh, if if you have a search land, mm -hmm. please sack it first. <laughs> you will be so sad after you've played played ransack, only to then immediately crack the land on the next turn and realize, oh, those cards I stacked up nicely are now all over the place. Uh, and I I speak from experience on this, so just. I've witnessed it. <laughs> yes. So be careful. Be careful. Um, but yeah, Ransack. Ransack, in case you're wondering, is only in 81 decks. And I understand why. It is a four mana spell, and it doesn't do anything. You know, this is four mana? It doesn't counter. It doesn't destroy. It doesn't, it doesn't do stuff. But it will set you up for turns to come. Oh, never mind. I was going to say, you know, else is four mana? Sylvan Library. But Sylvan Library, notoriously, no. two mana. Uh, uh, yeah. No, that's sick. Some good yeah. Ron Spencer art, too. Yes, there is. Um, I will say, and Andy, I hope I'm not stomping on your next pick. Oh, please don't. I mean, okay. please do. Uh, Cruel Fate is extremely similar to Ransack. It costs mm. one more. It's four and a blue. And it says, look at the top five cards of Target Opponent's Library. You put one of them in their graveyard and the rest on top of their library in any order. Okay. So it's a lot more restrictive. And if you've got an opponent 
who can do anything with their graveyard, you're handing them something. Yeah. So there's there's a lot more limitation to it, and that's why I kind of chose Ransack. I think it's just a better card. Uh, similarly, and uh, if this is one of yours, let me know. Uh, it's not one of mine, but it, I did remember looking at this card. Uh, I Spy is kind of the same as uh, Cruel Fate, but it's just the top one card. Uh, ah! But it's only a single mana. Uh while Cru- Cruel Fate is five. Um, which which makes sense. That's a linear progression. Yeah. So it's like surveilling uh, for yeah. your opponent. Um, actually, I Spy can do target player as well. So it could even be yours. Uh, a, a one, a blue mana surveil. Uh, meanwhile, Ransack is kind of like scrying five for your opponent or for you. Uh, yeah. But... Uh, and very quickly, Cruel Fate is in 27 decks. I Spy yes. is in 79. Ah. So. Andy, I think we're halfway. We are halfway. I've got two more. I am assuming you have at least I two. Have, so. I have. Yeah, I certainly have two more cards that we can discuss. <laughs> uh, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to have some sweet cards for you. Because that's, that's our thing. We're doing that this week. Uh, We'll be right back. This episode of Temple of False Pod is brought to you by Jace, the mind sculptor. Sculpting your mind. Three, three, three cards in one. Oh, my God. This card just gets more nuts. Draw three cards and put two cards from your hand on top of your library in any order. That's the the brainstorm. Brainstorm. Yeah. Yeah. For zero. Plus two. Right. Look at the top card of your player at target player's library. There we go. Put it on the bottom, or you may put it on the bottom of that player's library. Yeah. Uh, minus one. Turn target creature to its owner's hand. Unsummon. Mm-hmm. The minus twelve. Excel all cards from target player's library. Then that player shuffles their hand into the library. That sounds awful. Yeah, it is. It is. If you're asked to do that, then you can see. Save yourself the agony of finishing off that game, because clearly... Yeah, because now you have no more cards in your library except for the three that you had in hand. Yes, bad things have happened. I'm sorry. Oh. (laughs) See, I've been been saved from this card by playing in your meta. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, you just have to look at the price tag on that one. Hey, we're back. Uh, Temple's Treasures. Uh, we're talking about some underplayed old cards. Emphasis on old and underplayed. Oh. Uh, 8th edition came out 2001. Is that true? Sure. 8th uh, edition. Released 2003. So, oh, okay. Uh, All right. So we got, we, got, we got a solid 10 years worth of cards here. Yeah. <laughs> or, considering 20. the rate of release... We've got we've got uh, three weeks. Worth hate of hate to break it to you, two thousand three was twenty years ago. That's okay, but it's ten years from the start of the game, so oh, we've got okay. ten years oh, of cards that we're drawing from. But really, it's not ten years because anybody who's new knows full well that in one year you get about what twenty thousand cards, and it took ten almost ten years. To, it took over ten years to get that many cards. So realistically, we're drawing from one year's worth. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Andy, what's your next pick? My next pick, uh, actually, uh, I just typed into Scryfall uh, cards that came out uh, before 8th edition. Yeah. Uh, 6,330. All right. Nifty. Yeah. Uh, my next card is the Library of Latinam. Ah. It's another four and a blue. <laughs> uh, and, but it's a, it's a modal card. Uh, but you don't get to choose way back then you don't get to choose an opponent chooses one you either draw three cards at the beginning of your of the next turn's upkeep or uh you you search your library for a card put that card into your hand then shuffle um yeah i i like it i like this is the type of this is the type of uh tutor that i i want to play uh, maybe not necessarily five mana, but uh, you can either get three cards out of it or the exact card you want. Uh, and generally, it's... that's kind of what I want. <laughs> How often is an opponent going to give you or let you tutor for a card? I don't know, but... Uh... I, I, I'm just trying to picture a scenario where I'd be comfortable with you getting the exact card you want or... Having you draw three random cards. Um, as somebody who comfortably sits at third place most games, uh, I would th- I would be willing to bet you'd let me go get the card that I need to help take out a uh, player who's in first. Well, there you go. That's there. So you found a scenario where I think where this comes in, and I think that this is where it lands for a lot of the cards where mm. you're giving your opponent the choice. Yeah. The goal is to find an opponent who isn't an opponent. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. To pick anybody who is uh, wanting to help take down any sort of arch enemy scenario. Um, but I mean, you know, at worst you're getting three cards the next turn, which like, yeah, I get that there's better rate for that. Um, but I feel like the... It's a non-zero chance that you get to get just go get the card that you want. Um, and in blue, like, five mana isn't a whole lot. <laughs> like, blue and green are notorious for creating stupid amounts of mana. Uh, right, and this isn't even a card that requires a lot of particular colored mana. Right. One blue and five others. When you get to five lands, you're going to have the mana for this. Yeah. Uh, so... And it's, I don't know, it's it's simple. It People understand it. Yeah. Uh, and if you've got opponents who like to overthink things, then they're going to overthink it. And uh, I don't know, like, they're yeah. going to, they're going to, they're going to screw it up or they're going to be like, what are you trying to pull? <laughs> um, right. Um, I will say that, the phrase you draw three cards at the beginning of the next turn's upkeep every yeah. time you see a card that says beginning of the next turn's upkeep i would hazard a guess and say oh that's going to be a card from alliances because that was something that alliances like to do they didn't like to give you the card right away i think the concern was that you were going to loop into some some combo that was just going to keep going yeah and this prevents that from happening because you don't draw the card until the next upkeep is uh, arcane denial from alliances? It is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but 
do keep that in mind. It is easy to play this early. Get to draw your three, play the rest of your turn, say say go, and have forgotten that you played it. Mm. So you know, keep that in mind. Make sure you're drawing your cards. I yeah, delayed draw is all can always be a little tricky. I uh, I'm I'm a sucker for cards that allow your opponents to be part of your game. Um, yeah. Whether it's making a choice like this, uh, factor fiction. Um, those types of cards where it just they're they're making such a small impact on the game that could potentially screw you over but i think that it it's just a fun way to include everybody in on your turn rather than just have them sit there and go okay you drew three cards yes (laughs) okay (laughs) um this is definitely not a card that you want to have in your hand when you're down on land when you need to tutor for that land and they just allow you to draw three cards on the next upkeep so then you uh, can't play the land immediately but you know uh it's just a goofy little oh, card yeah. that i i'm like ooh, <laughs> ooh. oh yeah no i yeah this is uh it's a it's a nice setup so um this card uh born in alliances reprinted in sixth edition uh, is in 387 decks. It's about 35 seconds. Okay. Nice. Um, so, yeah. my next one? card? My next card is in 96 decks on EDH Rack. Oh my god. Uh, we talked about how it would be easy to cast Library of Latinam because it only requires one blue mana. Well, meet Volcanic Eruption. Oh, jeez. Uh, volcanic Eruption costs X, blue, blue, blue. So that's right. At least four. And it says, destroy X target mountains. And more importantly, it keeps going. Volcanic eruption deals damage to each creature and each player equal to the number of mountains put into a graveyard this way. So not only are you hammering away at their mana base, reduce, basically, practically taking away one one of the colors that they're Mm. running. Not really. Everybody knows that you've got the dual lands or treasures or whatever, but you're you're taking away a number of mountains, mm. um, including some says, of the including some of the, the the two types or three types that have the the word written on it. Like these aren't basic mountains; these are any yeah. mountains, which is great. Oh yeah, yeah, you can go after duels. <laughs> um, it says destroy X target mountains. This also means you don't even have to pick on one player. You can spread the wealth. If you've if you've made X five, you can take two from one guy and three from the other. It doesn't matter. It, whatever mountains you want to pick, those are the ones that are gone. Uh, and then it deals that much damage to each creature. So if you're hitting for even four, you get four four mountains. That's four points of damage to every creature. You are going to take some creatures off the battlefield. This is uh, this is one that I genuinely run in decks. I have a copy of it. Um, I rarely get to use it just because of the casting cost. It is it is a tough cost to, to, to get to get going. Yeah. Because for the most part, you do want to spend at least seven to do it. Uh, I've had games where I look around the board and I'm like, oh, it's one person playing red and they've only got two mountains out and all the rest are, uh, you know, non-basic 
non-basic lands that tap for red but aren't mountains. So, you know, there are times when this thing fizzles. This is definitely one of these cards where, you know, the fact that it's only good against red decks can come back and hurt you. But, man, when this thing hits, it hits hard. It, that, it's just nasty. So, uh, Volcanic Eruption. Yeah. Um, I was trying to figure out uh, a way to, like... Like, they, they have... There are, like, certain ways to make lands other types. And I don't know if it's really worth it in these cases. Like, but this is this is some pretty good tech against Dryad of Elysian Grove. Where it says you uh, lands you control are basic uh, every basic land type in addition to their other types. Uh, so like right. your and opponent it's... has it, then boom, 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 they're all gone now. And it's only a matter of time until we see uh, an Urborg or a Yavamaya for red. Yeah. I guess, and then suddenly shift. everybody's got mountains. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that would be that would be a lot of fun. That, but, yeah, this card would uh, definitely just start to see play about that point. Um, well, maybe not, because I will say, remember, we are talking land destruction here. People yeah. don't like land destruction. But um, if you can, so, yeah, but if you can make it so that it ends the game with that spell, then the land destruction, I guess, at that point isn't really... It's uh, not really land destruction, it's a means to an end. And so it's a, ending things quickly, right. so... So I have a question, um, because it says, uh, destroy X target mountains. So X yeah. can only be as many as there are mountains, correct? That's right. Like it can't go any higher. Yeah. So yeah, I mean we that have would definitely be target. So yeah, like it, to be game ending, there has to be that number of mountains out, which is tough. But no. I could definitely see this. You know, even casting it for six and hitting three lands, like doing some sol- like doing three damage to every creature and every player, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Especially three damage to every creature and every player, and it's costing you six. Yeah. And, and you could be mono blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with uh, with the surge of treasures, like the the uh, the land destruction doesn't feel quite as bad, um, but you know, it's fun. I like yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a cute little card. And like I said, ninety six decks on EDH rack. <laughs> Man. I guess we're coming to the end. I got one left. <laughs> All right. My last one is Omen. It's a one and a blue. Uh, it is in, let's see. It's currently in 460 decks. It says, look at the top three cards of your library, then put them back in any order. You may shuffle. Draw a card. Uh, I like that you get to draw a card after you shuffle. Uh, I like that it could, like... You're essentially tutoring the top three cards of your library. And if you don't like what you see, you get a random card. Uh, it's just a it's it's a fun little gamble uh, if you don't like what you see. But if you do like what you... Like, for two mana, absolutely I'll do that. Uh, there are so many two mana draw two cards cards. But, like, if you get to choose the card, then it's worth it, you know? I don't know. Right. Um, and it's, it's, it's enough of not a tutor... <laughs> that it doesn't like just take up you know time with shuffling and uh you know it, it there's still a bit of chaos and 
uncertainty to what's on the top of your deck. Uh, yeah. This card has been printed once, and it was in Portal, which I believe is starter decks. Yeah. Uh, so it's $0.22. Cents. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just, I like it. Um, it's got some cool art with uh, a wizard and an orb uh, on a rocky yes. coast. With some waves and a castle in the background. It's like very stereotypical high fantasy art. It's great. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. Do you have any do you have any thoughts on this card? Um I love the uh, the May shuffle is really what makes the card. I mean Oh yeah, for sure. You know, if if you look at the the top three and it's just not there for you, then just shuffle it up and draw a card. And the draw card is really just a replacement. So Omen's only costing you one in a blue. Yeah. That's really the way to look at it. So often people forget to include the cost of the actual card they're holding. You have to mm. spend that card to get the effect. In this case, you don't. You get a replacement. So you're just you're putting something else in your hand, and it should be something better than the Omen, because you're looking at either three cards or you're choosing something else at random. So... Um, you know, I, I I like the setup. Uh, I like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I'm going to run this just because there are other other instant speed options mm-hmm. that may not that may not be as good, but to be able to do it at the end of the turn as opposed to during during my turn with a sorcery. Yeah, uh, I like I like the thought of using this after somebody ransacks the top of your library. Um, yes. To like quickly look to see what you put be- put there, and then just shuffle it away. Um, yeah, but uh, no, I I like the shuffle then draw, uh, just little thing. Like I don't I don't even necessarily yeah. really care about the first three cards. Um, like if it was just a single blue shuffle then draw, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, there are times when that makes perfect sense. So. Yeah. Uh. That was my last card, kind of, kind of fizzly. Uh, well, my last. Do I have one more? You got one I more. Have one more. I have one more. I think the problem is is that I'm tired. Same. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I think we're gonna end this with fatigue. Oh. Fatigue costs one and a blue. Target player skips their next draw step. Rude. That's all. That's all. I'm gonna pick a player. You don't. You don't get your. You don't get your next draw. It doesn't sound like much, but man, there's nothing worse than watching your draw step go by and you don't even get the default. Yeah. You know, everybody. You think about how much effort people put into drawing another card, and all you're doing here is saying, "No, nah, you make that effort to just draw the first one." The one that I get to draw for free. Yeah. I love I love the idea of the card. Um, and for one in a blue, it's not asking that much. So it, it's really tough to 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 take out somebody's singular draw. Um, uh-huh. And this is a card you can play early. Yeah. When when people aren't when people don't already have a way to get another draw. Yeah. You are you are as bad as it is to miss a land drop, missing a card draw, man, 
you don't even get to try and find the land. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just straight no. And the earlier you can play a card like this in a game, I think the worse it is for the player because mm. it just it sets them back so badly. So, yeah, fatigue. Yeah, it's. Uh... I think fatigue goes nicely on a nice crown scepter. Oh God, get out of here! <laughs> You're never drawing on your draw step again. I don't have any draw cards in this deck. Too bad. I don't get any draw steps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> run more draw. <laughs> nah. Uh, mm. Woof. Uh, yep. Yeah, man. So, Andy, I'm looking at the clock. I think I think I got. I think I can squeeze one more in. Squeeze it in, buddy. Yeah, this is this is bonus bonus territory, bonus territory. Uh, Broken Dam. Now, Damn. Yeah, Broken Dam costs one blue. Okay. And it says tap one or two target creatures without horsemanship. I saw this and I love this. Now, I real realistically without I mean obviously portal. This was a Portal Three Kingdoms card. So that was a genuine limiter in yeah. Portal Three Kingdoms uh, block deck building, but nowadays nothing has horsemanship. There, this just reads tap one or two target creatures. Here and you're not gonna, yeah, and, you're generally not gonna want to do this at instant speed anyway. Like you're gonna want to do this pre main phase. I mean pre combat main phase, uh, right before well, yes, you go. To- I mean. If you're doing it at sorcery speed, yeah, you want to do it before you go to combat, so you're preventing them from being able to block. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sure, there are benefits to waiting until an opponent's turn, because then you can tap it before they can attack, and it's still blocked, and it's still tapped when it comes not your turn right. to go around. But hey, this costs one blue. Yeah, that's it's insane. It's one blue. For, for And you're tapping to two. two creatures, yeah. Right. So you can pick on one opponent and, you know, obliterate defenses... Or you can pick on, or you can have two players. Like, no, no, this one and this one are both getting tapped. And I'm just going to open you two up to everybody else. So now me and the other player who, you know, who didn't get a creature tapped can now swing in. Or you guys, you know, Johnny, your card is tapped. I just swung at you. But you're not going to swing back at me because I opened up this guy's defenses for you. Go get him. Yeah. It just, I love the... The flexibility, I love the options with the card. Um, and it's only in 88 decks on EDH rec. Yeah. It's that's 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 crazy to me. And you probably just said this, but the two creatures don't have to be the same no owner or same controller. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. Right. And so you know, you can uh, you can make this as a way to make your make your attack more uh, more effective, or you can use it politically. Uh, you know, tap that, tap out other people's stuff to leave them wide open to other to other folks that are attacking. There's just yeah. all kinds of way to use it, and I love cards that have that kind of uh, that kind of flexibility. And like I said, it's one blue. I wish, yeah, I wish that this would be reprinted. This has been printed once, and that was in Portal Three Kingdoms, so it's yeah. eight dollars. Oh, uh, okay. But like, I mean, you know. If, if you've got it, and if, if it's like one of those cards that you haven't given second thought to, then it's it's absolutely worth it. Um, it's, yeah. It, but, like, the thing is, is we're never going to see it reprinted, because they're not going to do horsemanship again. 
I you you hear people talking about like oh maybe they'll bring it back but like it's just fancy fly like it's just different flying honestly um i don't i don't know if we're gonna see horsemanship again well it seems unlikely but you know you figure they'll 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 figure it out yeah um i was just looking for something that's comparable that would be uh there's Frost Breath. It's an instant for two and a blue. Tap up to two target creatures. Those creatures don't untap during their controller's next untap step. Mm. So it's better, but it costs three instead of one. So, yeah. You, know, you pick your poison. So you got nine. You got nine cards instead of eight. Kind of ten, really. You're right. Uh, kind of eleven. You're right. Yeah, because we threw in Cruel Fate and. Uh, the other one. What was the one you added in? Uh, I spy. There we go. Amazing these cards. Wow, ten for season ten. That's us. We're halfway through there season ten. Uh, season season ten. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as as somebody who graduated in twenty ten, this was very much a, a big thing in high school. Uh, if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, we're we're on video and you can see us do that. Do do me do cross thing. Mm -hmm. uh, fun fact: This is known as the St. Andrew's Cross, and I'm Andrew. Yes. There we go. Speaking we of go. fatigue, uh, mm -hmm. I'm gonna go take a little nap. Uh, <laughs> but uh, thanks thanks so much for hanging out. We're Temple of False Pod. We're decks are not optimized, but our place sure is hecker fun. And we got some little cute little cards for you. Uh, check. You just listen to the whole episode. Uh, you know what the cards are. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Uh, thank you again for watching, listening, uh, having us on mute in the background. Uh, <laughs> play some magic for me. And may your fifth land be the temple. Bye. Wait, wait. Before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at manaburned and I'm at Andy Weekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out and may your fit land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!